0: Before we start today's show, just want to give a massive shout out to Acast for making this show happen. Thanks ACAST.
1: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices
0: Well, hello, welcome back to the PJ Podcast for episode five, we've got four episodes down already and um, thank you so much if you've listened to any of them yet, so far, Um, I've actually realised that unintentionally I've created a bit of a pattern with my guests each week and I didn't mean to do this but it's gone guy, girl, guy, girl, guy, girl and after Ashland and last week, I've done it again. And we've got a guy on the show this week, and I adore this guy, Matty McLean. Um, If you're in New Zealand, you will know Matty very well. Chances are Um, he is a very endearing, down-to-earth, beautiful presenter on TVNZ's Breakfast. Now, I just want to preface this chat because the show has been in hot water this week. Uh, There have been headlines with allegations. We recorded this before that. We don't touch on it. We don't go into it. You're not going to get a scoop on it. In this chat but what we do cover is maddie and his beautiful engagement planning a wedding transitioning into a more serious role in his work dealing with the haters blocking them out how does he deal with it um also we talk about when he came out on here and 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 how that was received and actually the response surprised him a lot so we have a beautiful chat about that plus um, the moments that have made him realise why he loves doing his job. All of that coming up and just I want to make an apology in advance because I sound like a giddly, giddly <laughs> giggly, giddy schoolgirl talking to him and I think it's just because he has an effect on me. He's very infectious. I know I'm not very professional in this chat, but I hope you enjoy it. Episode number five with Maddie McLean. I'm so sorry I left you in the waiting room on Zoom and I reckon that's such a power play. When you're just like left, when it's like, you know, in the admit zone or whatever. (laughs) I I was like, oh no, Maddie's going to think I'm being a bitch trying to like.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, do you know what? I just thought, because I'm terrible with technology and I don't know how, I wouldn't, wouldn't even know how to send a Zoom invite to someone.
0: No, I'm honestly learning on the job, Maddie. Like I'm winging it so hard, Um, (laughs) but we're here, we're talking, I can hear you. So and this, I can is, you. <laughs> this is a great start. I've literally not even planned this interview. I've got no questions because I just want to chat with you. <laughs> well,
1: this is the beauty, right? It's like, it's just such a nice catch up.
0: How are you? I'm trying to think the last I, time we actually hung out.
1: I can't think. I mean, it would have been pre you moving to Melbourne. So we're talking. Oh, no,
0: because we went through a phase of actually hanging out quite a bit when we lived in Auckland. All the time. Yeah. All the time. Where are you living now?
1: Okay, so I'm in my um, apartment. (laughs) Full disclosure, I thought, oh, even though this is just audio, I was like, I'll put a shirt on. So I've put a college shirt on, but I am wearing my tracksuit pants underneath. Isn't that
0: like what every uh, news anchor does? Not that you're officially a news anchor, but uh, isn't that like (laughs) tricks of the trade?
1: Yeah, like shorts underneath. And this is just like life of working from home. I feel like this is every single Zoom meeting that anyone has done in the last two years. But you
0: haven't really worked from home. You've kind of been in the studio every day.
1: I know. Do you know what I, that's the one thing that I wish that I was able to do. Like sometimes I wish that we were able to just broadcast live from like my bedroom.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cause like you guys can't, you have to go in. Was there there ever any time throughout COVID where they were like, this isn't safe?
1: We, what we did was we, um, when we were in lockdown, we split our newsroom in half. So we had a red team and a blue team and we worked alternating days. So the two teams never like, we never met. So for months on end, I didn't see half of my workmates because we were Uh. working on different teams, but it meant, you know, if one team got struck down with COVID, then the other team could keep working. Yeah. Right. So it was actually quite smart. Um, It was weird, such a weird time.
0: Well, you know, I think about my time in radio throughout the last few years and I found it so draining and depressing having to be across the news. And that was like frivolous commercial radio. You guys actually have to be across quite heavy news every morning. Like that must have taken its toll on you mentally a little bit.
1: Do you know what? It was funny because, you know – everyone is sick of COVID Yeah, but, and we would k- keep getting messages from people going, shut up, stop talking about it. We're yeah. sick of talking. And I was like, Oh, you're sick of talking <laughs> about doing it. it
0: every day. Like,
1: trust me the day that I don't have to say the word COVID yeah. again, will be the happiest day of my life. Um, but you know, like that we're there to report the news and the news was, and still is COVID, so we just had to do it. But yeah, I got so sick of it. I'm still sick of it. But when anyway. you went
0: home, would you put on the new? Well, I suppose you have, you have to be across stuff, but like, would you just yeah. go to Escapeville and chuck on Netflix?
1: Oh my god, totally! Like, I'm <laughs> yeah, obsessed with just the trashiest. You know, like I'm 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 obsessed with trashy reality TV at the best of times, but you'd best believe the last two years yeah. have been like the trashiest of trash TV.
0: And obviously we saw the emergence of your incredible dancing over the last couple of years. Was that also just a way of coping with the shitstorm? storm?
1: (laughs) That started on day one of going into lockdown. And Jenny May, who is my co-host on Breakfast, was like, we need to do something just to, A, lift our own spirits, B, lift, try and lift other people's spirits. So how are we going to lift people's spirits? By showing them our shitty dance skills.
0: <laughs> yeah. And
1: then it just became, I think it, I think for me, it was something else to focus on when you couldn't do anything. I was like, we couldn't go anywhere. There wasn't anything else for us to do. So just locking myself in my closet for like a couple of hours a day and learning a silly dance routine. It just takes like, your mind
0: off everything that's going 100%. on. <laughs> and I think for
1: other people, like not to, you know, not to m- make it, Sound bigger than it was. Mm. Like I think for a lot of people who kind of connected with our dancing, it's so such so, still such a weird thing to say. <laughs> Claim but it. I for, yeah, but I think for people it was like just for them, just something else to kind of entertain themselves with at a weird, sad, crazy time.
0: Yeah. Well, can I just say congratulations for actually like being one of the main hosts of Bricky? Like, that's amazing. I know you started yeah. out on the show as you started out as the weatherman, didn't you?
1: My first ever on-air job was as like our junior reporter on Breakfast. Wow. So I've kind of come full circle, which is weird. Um, and then I went off and did a whole host of other jobs at TVNZ and then came back and then got offered this job as the weather presenter on Breakfast. And um, I've done that for five years, but now I've kind of stepped into the, the big boy chair. <laughs> yeah, and it's- like
0: more serious.
1: So serious. How,
0: how have you adjusted? Because you've always been like the, you know, light and bright, maddy, out and about, like bring in some colour. Now you have to be that like serious grill,
1: guy. Rule the prime minister and
0: stuff. <laughs> How How have you found that transition?
1: Hard. I yeah. mean, not hard because my, like my, you know, I went to broadcasting school like you did, Paige, and yeah. studied, studied journalism. So this was always my idea. Like is my, it? is this idea where you was,
0: wanted to end up?
1: I, I always thought I would just be a serious news reporter, but you know, like funny things happen along the way. And 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 I started off on breakfast as one of their reporters yeah, um, because that's just where you started off if you were a junior in the newsroom. And, and at the time, a lot of, they, they were really kind of focusing on molding people's personalities on breakfast and they wanted fun and they wanted lighthearted and they wanted to put a smile on people's faces in the morning. And so we kind of became the vehicle for the lightheartedness of the show. Yes, And so just by that nature, like I kind of ended up becoming this Fun, silly, quirky reporter, but it was never my plan. Really, just-
0: I never knew you were like all serious. <laughs> 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 well, I'm, I'm, always I'm really not,
1: you. and I think that's the thing. Like, I think um, you know, I do. I do love news, and I love. Yeah, um, I, I love. Yeah, I love working in a newsroom, but. And so for a long time, I really pushed back against the fun stuff. Cause I thought, no, I need to be taken seriously in a newsroom, <laughs> which is just, you know, me like that's just yeah. so not yeah. me. No. And so then I just realized I actually just need to lean into what I'm, what I'm good at as opposed to trying to push against it and trying to be something that I'm yes, not. Cause it so, never
0: works. It never works if you try never. and be someone else. Cause you're always exposed. It always home. comes out. Especially on a
1: show, like, especially like you working in radio or on a show like Breakfast. I mean, we are three hours of live television every day where we have to give a lot of ourselves. Like yeah. the audience, we expect us to kind of be part of their lives in the morning. And so you can't fake it. You can't not mm. be yourself. So it's been a hard, a weird, not, not a hard transition. I would say a strange transi- transition because I'm still trying to, stay true to who I am, which is the fun, upbeat, lighthearted Maddie, but with, I don't know, just showing a different side of myself, I guess, and challenging myself. That's yeah. been the biggest thing is, like, I, I just really wanted to take on a new challenge,
0: And that's so cool that you are getting to explore those new skills. The thing that's different with your job is like other people who get to advance their skills and they maybe get a promotion, they don't have the whole country watching them and comparing them to whoever was in the previous role. And that's really hard. Like how do you block out critics?
1: Oh, um, well, I've deleted Twitter for one. Good
0: boy. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome sanity.
1: It's so good. It's honestly been the smartest decision I've ever made.
0: Was that the most brutal? Um,
1: yeah, very much so. Yeah. And I think for me, um, because people have only ever seen me in in the fun, lighthearted weather role, mm-hmm. I think it's been a real adjustment in their eyes to see me in a different light. And you know, I'm super open to constructive feedback or criticism, yeah. but when it's coming from an unhelpful place, I just thought, I can't, I, I need to All focus right. on actually just doing the job at hand and listening to the people who know what they're talking about. As so it's constructive
0: to like, and you're actually yeah. learning from someone who knows what they're talking about.
1: And, and, and apart, um, instead of like,
0: Petty69 on Twitter. <laughs> kitty 69 are there, do you find that you kind of just have to go, right, I'm going to listen to this person, this person, and then the rest, it's it's actually relevant? Because otherwise you just, like, go, who the fuck am I? What am I, ne- I supposed to be doing?
1: And go crazy. Yeah. And, oh, fuck. Um, sorry, can I swear on mm. this book?
0: <laughs> Absolutely. We are not live. <laughs> so great. Um. <laughs>
1: Have, ha, have you have you had to deal with imposter syndrome in your – Yes,
0: yes, yes. and I don't – Yeah, yep, still dealing with it and um, especially like going into a new thing where I'm mm. going on my own, it's like you're not good enough for this. You can't do this on your own. You, who are you? And you just – you're the biggest critic of yourself and um, it's really interesting. You think that you're past that kind of negativity and then it's like yep. – Oh, my God. How do I block this out? Totally. I would never say that to my friends.
1: I know. I know. And you think about, you know, everyone is um, – it's so hard, though, because even with the nicest compliments or the most energetic enthusiasm from the people around you, mm-hmm. you always listen to the the negative <laughs> yeah. stuff, right?
0: Why? Why do we do that? I don't
1: know. We, we, we torture ourselves. It's such a weird – thing that we do to ourselves.
0: Were you always after this, like at high school, was this your dream? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, to work in media. So my, I was, um, when I was in year six, um, the local <laughs> radio station in Queensland where I grew up, uh, wanted to do a kid's radio show on a Sunday morning Amazing. and, <laughs> and they wanted like four volunteers from our, my year group. And I was just. Anything that had me front and center, like
0: <laughs> me too. My, hand
1: went, my hand went straight up, you know, <laughs> just the biggest show pony. Yeah. So I put my hand up and went and did uh, this kids radio show on a Sunday morning for a few, maybe a few months. I can't quite remember, but I just remember just being obsessed with it, mm. obsessed. Mm. And, and I thought this is. This is pretty cool. Like if I could get to do that yeah. for a job, this would be amazing. And wow. so then I was really attracted to media, but but I loved writing and I loved news, and so I guess I kind of ended up going down the journalism path. Um, but yeah, it definitely was always what I wanted to do. I never had any other thought like no there was never another plan in place.
0: Yeah, it was the same. Except yeah. I <laughs> I wanted to be with a girl. <laughs> yes. We've talked about and I, thought, this. and I thought I had to study meteorology, which you have debunked, my friend. You do not need to be a meteorologist. <laughs> no, no. no.
1: <laughs> you just need to be able to bullshit.
0: <laughs> um but yeah, and then I ended up going down radio, which is interesting. Because like obviously you get to broadcasting school and you get to choose different paths and yeah, we kind of all end up sort of in a similar world together. But
1: Yeah. Do you know the funniest thing? I, t- um, I tell people this sometimes. Um, I often think about fate in terms mm. of my career because when I finished broadcasting school, you know you go and do a six-month internship. Yes. I applied for an internship at TVNZ and it got down to me and one other guy and I didn't get the internship and I was been gutted. I was devastated. I truly thought it, my life was over. <laughs> um, and I went and did, so I did another internship for six months and then literally a couple of weeks before my internship finished TVNZ called and said, we've got this kind of very, you know, very junior entry-level job, um, in our Wellington newsroom. Would you like, would you like, like the job? Mm. And I took the job and I, so I ended up working in the newsroom with the guy that got the internship over me, and so I look at our trajectory and yes. not and it just in terms of the timing, which meant that certain opportunities came up for both of us, but the very different opportunities came up, and so our paths went like this because he um, he got an opportunity that meant he became a reporter on One News and then he worked in the um, political gallery and he became a political um, reporter. Whereas I got offered a job on breakfast, which led to this, to that, to that, to the weather presenting role, to what I'm doing now. And I always think if I had got that internship, I wouldn't have got the job on breakfast way back in the day, which meant I probably wouldn't be Doing what I'm doing it's right now.
0: Crazy, eh? It's so interesting how all that plays out. And it just kind One of thing. teaches One you thing. to trust in the process because yes. people get really down and out about what's going on right now. But like things often do. And it's like if you didn't have that rejection, you wouldn't have met that certain person who introduced mm-hmm. you to someone else who then gave you another opportunity. Totally. Because I yeah. nearly, <laughs> nearly did my radio internship in gore, right? And I was so close. I was like about to become the bricky host. And then I ended up getting accepted to go to Zm like last minute and I'm like my life could have been so different just so because a different. yeah it's you just don't know what path would have led from that so mm. yeah it's crazy um I want to say congratulations with your engagement oh thank you <laughs> how's thank wedding you. how's wedding planning going
1: it's so stressful is yeah. that? Yeah, I mean, how, I love How it. soon it are is, you
0: looking at getting married?
1: Uh, we'll uh, look without giving too much away. We will be married by the end of the year. So,
0: and you got yeah. engaged only like a couple of months ago, eh? In
1: February, yeah. February, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're moving fast.
0: So you're, because I know one of you is the planner. I'm trying to remember if it's you or Ryan. Ryan, that's Ryan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, like, how much? Like, has he yeah. literally got full spreadsheets and stuff?
1: I we got engaged on a Saturday, and by Monday, I had an Excel spreadsheet in my um, oh, inbox.
0: Oh my god! <laughs> I think that's the problem in our relationship because we don't have that person. <laughs> 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 like, if anyone would be, it would probably be more me, the organised one. But. I'm hopeless and like I have no idea when we're getting married like I literally don't because now I'm pregnant and it's just. I know
1: congratulations look at us
0: God. We we announced in the same week you know, I know. <laughs> your engagement came out and then it looked like I was trying to like trump you. <laughs> no I, I love it
1: it's so exciting how are you feeling?
0: Yeah crazy it's uh like countdown to the to the business end now so it's 28 weeks, which is about 12 weeks to go. So I'm in the final final trimester. And, um, yeah, it's pretty wild. It's pretty wild processing the fact that you're going to bring a child into the world.
1: Yeah, you're going to be a mum in, in a matter of weeks. <laughs> like I'm,
0: I'm, I'm quite a selfish person. like, And not in a an nasty way, but I've always just been really good at putting myself first. So I don't know how it's going to go, like... <laughs> Actually putting a baby first But apparently It yeah. just comes Comes naturally so. Yeah oh do You gosh. know what
1: I always think about that Because Ryan and I Talk about having kids As yeah. well But I always think Oh god I do quite like My life the way <laughs> I
0: know And like I think there's so many More conversations Opening up now About like Do you actually Want children Like this is how Your life is going To be different And and people are actually Having more conscious Conversations about it Which is quite interesting But but I definitely Want kids Like I'm, I'm So ready for it I reckon yeah. I think I'm I'm ready. So um yeah, I don't know how I ended up talking more about me. This was about your wedding. It's
1: fine, no, <laughs> I love this. It's a dialogue and a catch-up. And no. it's so good because I haven't seen you in so long. I don't know what else
0: is to catch up on. So you're living in central Auckland in an apartment, it looks like.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We bought an apartment um just after lockdown, which is weird because most people after lockdown were like, I need the space. Yeah. And we were like <laughs> box <laughs> wow but no, we love it and it's re- i mean it's yeah we're, it's perfect and it's really handy and we were living quite far out of the city and we just weren't seeing each other yeah and so we kind of went we need to change this and reevaluate and actually yeah find something that works for us so that we can actually spend more time together
0: mm, i bet because um, like you so- would put so much energy into the mornings, and then you, are you quite dead in the afternoon? Like,
1: yeah, you, yeah, yeah. We'll see. <laughs> if I nod off halfway through, just go, maddie Natty.
0: <laughs> Bricky hours, man, they're brutal. What is it? Three oh. o'clock starts.
1: Yeah, I get up at three. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's I
0: admire you, man. I had three years of that, and I'm like, can't do it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I bet you
0: don't miss it. <laughs> oh, you know what? There's parts of it that you love, though, eh? There's something really magical about being able to get up and wake people up and yeah. and be the first pe- person they see or hear in the morning. Like, I think that's a pretty cool job.
1: It's incredible and such a privilege. And, on, and in all honesty, I've never really found the getting up the hard part. It's what comes afterwards. I've Where you feel like a zombie. That- Yeah, it's the mid-afternoons or the Friday nights are such a killer. Yeah,
0: because you want to go and have a few wines. Yeah. And you're just asleep. I
1: I feel so sorry for Ryan because we met a week after I started this job on Breakfast. Oh, my God. So all he's ever known is me doing these early morning starts. And I keep saying to him, I promise I used to be (laughs) fun. fun."
0: (laughs) Well, that's a testament to your relationship, though, that he's stuck around because – It's not. It's not the easiest compatibility to be matched with someone on a breakfast show.
1: But now I think, oh my god, if I ever stop this job, maybe he won't like me. (laughs) You needed the. (laughs) You needed the like sleep deprivation to chill you out.
0: (laughs) How do you find being in the city when you're a Queenstown boy at heart?
1: Um weird although i'm kind of used to it now because it just is but you know ryan's a country kid at heart so he, I, where's he from he's from nelson oh. and not even nelson like outside of nelson like motueka oh
0: like, beautiful beautiful
1: so he when when i met him he had never lived in a city before because he was living on a farm when we first met
0: Hey, there's something about yeah. farm boys, I eh? So something sexy. About- <laughs> How did you guys meet again?
1: Um, we met on Tinder. Yeah. Um, but because he was living in on a farm and I was living in the city, we really found it hard to coordinate a match-up, mm. like, a meet, like meeting in person. And then I decided that I was going to go on my big OE. I quit. I moved to London I was there for about eight months and then TVN said, um, come back. I, come home. <laughs> so I moved home and then literally I moved back. And after a couple of days of being home, Ryan messaged me and said, oh, I you've moved home. Congratulations. We should get that drink. We always meant to grab. And um, we finally made it work.
0: And the rest was history. Did you know he was the one like straight away?
1: I don't know if i'd be as cheesy as to say i knew he was the one but i definitely knew he was special but i (laughs) had a very bad history of um being way too eager way too quickly and people would always Drop me up. Really? Me I thought you
0: were gonna say boy. the opposite and say that you were guilty of ghosting people.
1: No, I was the Oh ghost- Mitty,
2: I think ghost- I was too
1: <laughs> <laughs> No, I was always being ghosted and then the funny thing is Ryan was always the ghoster. And I don't know what happened, but somehow we <laughs> I you slipped matched. through the cracks. And, yeah. Yeah.
0: And do you reckon you, so did you actually consciously pull back your keenness or do you think he just accepted the keenness from the get go?
1: No, I reckon maybe um, a a year before Ryan and I met, I, something switched and I was like, okay, I actually just need to, I think I was spent my twenties so desperate to find someone and thinking that's what I needed to do that. I never, I could never just be happy being single And so then I kind of made this really conscious effort to actually just enjoy being single and not worry about finding someone. Oh, my God.
0: That always happens.
1: And then, honestly, as soon as I did that, Ryan came along, and I think I truly was just, like, very happy in myself when we we met. Yeah.
0: That is so – like, I think that's so key because the more desperate you are, like, there's something about what you put out – And it's almost just like a a detractor. It just – people can almost pick up that you're not fully content with yourself or something. And it's – Totally. And And it's it's like once you have that acceptance of who you are and you're like, I don't need a man, (laughs) then the man comes along.
1: But like – and it is so cheesy and it is one of those – it's one of those awful clichés that I always hated when I was single, you know. If you just stop looking, someone will – come along, someone will just be around the corner and I was like, oh shut the fuck up. Yeah. But but yeah. it is there is actually some truth some in it, unfortunately. <laughs> Um so yeah. And then I then we started dating and then I think now I'm like now I'm way too keen.
0: <laughs> Does he wear the pants? Definitely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But I also I've always been a wear my heart on my sleeve kind of a guy and he's not that guy at all. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> He's a bottle of my feelings and hide them away kind of a guy.
0: But he proposed though. He
1: did. He did. In a very yeah.
0: romantic way. Can can you relay how he did it?
1: Yeah, it was very, very romantic. It was our fifth anniversary and we went to have a little staycation in the city and someone had said to me the week before, do you think you might propose on because it's, you know, your fifth anniversary? Yeah. And I said, nah, because we've both – been involved in the planning of what we're going to do that night. So we've booked the hotel and we've booked dinner. Mm. So I was like, I know what I'm doing. I know what we're doing. And so I felt like if he was going to propose, there would be, you know, an element of surprise around it. Yeah. So I'd really put it out of my mind. Cause I just thought, Oh no, nah, it's not going to happen. And then we went and checked into the hotel and we opened a bottle of bubbly and he said, Oh, I've got your, uh, your anniversary present. And he, um, Brought it over, and it was a
0: beautiful
1: book that he'd made that had memories from the last five years, I cannot. and photos. And to um, think he
0: was the unromantic one in the relationship.
1: I know, I know.
0: <laughs> well, not unromantic, um, but you were the more keen one.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know, but he obviously knows me very well because yeah. my my heart just melts immediately. <laughs> and so, along the way, there were. Um, blank spaces for me to fill in the blank so it would be you know our first photo was at blah 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 and I'd fill in the gap and stuff and then um, on the very last page it said and then on our fifth anniversary Ryan asked Matt to marry him and Matt said dot 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 and I had to read the page about <laughs> four times and just kept like looking at the page looking at him looking at the page looking at him and then eventually he was like well Say, so, like, say something or write something, do something. Um, it was very, very romantic. He says, he says now, and I know he's partly joking, but he's definitely partly serious, that the beauty of the book for him was that he didn't have to say anything. He didn't yeah, have to give him a
2: cheese
1: proposal. Yeah. But it was very sweet. And very him, yeah, it was perfect.
0: Did um the world just stop when all that happened (laughs) did everything just go blurry
1: yeah because you know we'd talked about marriage and i knew it wasn't super important to ryan to be married per se yeah and when i i i always thought i wanted to get married until i got into a relationship and then i thought yeah i would love to be married and i'd love to have that commitment and love to celebrate with my friends and family and everything (laughs) but it's not the be all and end all
0: to me anymore. Yeah,
1: and then he proposed, and I was like, "Oh my god, I love
0: it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What was I thinking? <laughs> <It> was everything. <laughs> I oh, because I like if people ask how my engagement was, and I was just so freaking awkward, Maddie. And I want to know, like, if, if it was as romantic as it sounds, or did it actually feel awkward? <laughs> because, like, I clicked on. that bj was gonna do it and i just started feeling like i was so excited but i was so like also sick at the thought of where he was gonna do it and if my family would be watching and i don't know i just got really weird and i just totally totally ruined the moment and i've talked to so many people that have like said oh it was so fucking awkward Like, it was I mean, amazing. It, but yours actually sounds genuinely so romantic. It was,
1: it was sweet, but maybe because there wasn't an element where <laughs> yeah. you know there was there was no room for error because I was literally just reading a book. Um, but I think there is something inherently awkward about proposals, and yeah. especially as New Zealanders, like we are not good. At
0: no, <laughs> at I don't. And I think, yeah, maybe because like a lot of my friends also clicked on, I think it's when you just click on prior and you're like, "Oh, fuck, how am I gonna respond <laughs> like,,, oh, oh. and like it's almost like the intensity and like the significance of the moment just hits you like a wave, you're like, "Oh my God, I've been dreaming about this, like you know, I've thought about this throughout my whole life of however that's gonna happen one day, and then it happens, and you're like, "Oh no, I'm ruining it."
2: Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.
0: So,
1: especially yeah. these days, because you have to be like on alert, because you're like, oh my god, is someone filming I this? Know. Is there a photographer? What's my face doing? Like, it am I reacting right way? Uh, no, oh, no, yeah. It didn't.
2: yeah.
1: Cute, Which I'm not yeah. mad at because I don't know that I would have, I don't know that I would have wanted to watch it back.
0: Yeah. yeah, I know. I'm so glad no one was filming. I would have literally died.
1: <laughs> yeah, now we have a wedding to plan and you have a wedding to plan.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I do. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. I go through waves though like – I find that sometimes I'm like, mm, yeah, like we could do like a festival and it would be kind of low key, we'll have like caravans of food and it will just be a bit bohemian. And then other times I'm like, elope, we're going to go do it or like do a destination wedding. And then other times I'm like, maybe we just do it really, really chill and we just have a dinner. Like I'm literally I'm not I'm not decisive
2: enough.
1: Yeah, we had we went to a friend's wedding last year and there was 35 guests. Cool. it was amazing yeah. one of the coolest weddings I've been to and I thought man this is how you do it you just keep it really low-key ha- just have you just your core people there but I couldn't do it I really <laughs> I know. thought about who I would have and it just freaked me out more than more than having a massive wedding freaked me out the idea of cutting people out did. yeah so I, I would-
0: know I know I've thought about that like lots and then I'm like, I look at my partner and I'm like, he is the most social person. There is no chance. Like even on the weekend he was hanging out with some of my brother's friends and he started inviting them to our (laughs) wedding (laughs) and nothing's even planned for our wedding and he's like, bro, come to the wedding. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God, this is never going to happen. Stop, Paige, stop. (laughs) Have you got? Have you got like a number, a, a, a sort of ish? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm. It's a, big. <laughs> is it?
1: Yeah. I'm really hoping. Like, as much as I'd love everyone to be there, if people couldn't come, I wouldn't be upset. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. And then you. It's just that. It's also just the COVID stuff as well. Like thinking if they can freaking come back, that's also what's put me off. Like just. Yeah. Pushing it off, I'm like, okay. Hopefully, there is absolutely no waves when it happens, and we're just I know, in safe but you territory. Just don't know. No,
1: you just don't
0: know. Oh, what were you going to say?
1: I was going to say, how are you finding being back?
0: Um, yeah, good, good. It's been a journey. Like it's, it was obviously really um a big moment. Like stepping away from quite a big job in Melbourne so um, I think there's like naturally a bit of a come down that comes with that because as you know like it's a very high-paced, adrenaline, ego-driven job so it's kind of been like who am I now which has been my kind of journey over the last few months but I'm really excited like I feel like I'm in a new chapter now and I'm just sort of writing it as I go and I sort of have just had to follow those nudges inside and that's kind of why I'm here. And yeah, it's weird. It's weird, but I'm, I'm really content, really content.
1: I, I, you mentioned about, um, we got a little sidetracked, but you mentioned about how we find, I find living in the city. And And I have conversations all the time about one day leaving the city and moving away and getting back to our South Island roots yeah. um, and, and for me to do that would, would probably mean kind of doing what you've done yes. and giving up this job that I've is the only thing I've ever known in terms of a career and you're right. It, there's so much um, attached to it. Like your sense of self is so attached to your job yes. and people know you for it and I'm curious to know how you found it in terms of like I always think about almost like this level of um, I, I just feel like people would kind of judge
0: me for it because they'd be like, why have <laughs> yeah. you given this up? Yes, yes. Yeah, did And you I, find that? I did feel that. Um, and you sort of feel like a sense of pressure and a weight on your shoulders and you feel like you're letting a lot of people down. Yeah, um,
1: isn't it so weird? Because in no other job I feel like would no. you get that.
0: And, you know, every move I've done over the last year I just feel like, and maybe this is back to that critical mind as well, but you imagine how people you've worked with or people in the industry would react or be like, you know, um, Commentating what you're going through, and it's like, shush! This is not for them. I'm not living for them. I'm living for me. And why should that dialogue be so powerful? And I also think that, like Ashland and I, I had on the other day, she said it really well. You know, when people are like, um, "There's someone who could," oh no, wait, you've got someone's job. Oh no, shit. <laughs> <laughs> It's like I it always jumble really like powerful mm-hmm. quotes.
1: I'm right there with you though. <laughs> no, I, no. Once no, you no. get there, once you get there, this is going to be so good. This is going to be so good. I don't good. know if it is. I don't know if
0: it is. Oh my God, this is going to stress me out. Okay. She was like, and then she said, no, but I, God, oh
1: no. I've lost it. Essentially.
0: Uh-huh. Saying, people would kill for this job. That's it, yeah. But Pe- people would kill for that job that you were doing. And she was like, yes, but I'm not feeling like that. And so people who want it more than me should actually have it right now. They oh. deserve it. That's essentially, <laughs> God, took a while. We got there. Um, yeah, it's like people. Would- people would kill for that role, right? And it's like, yeah, yeah, they would. So they deserve it more than me right now and and they deserve to have a go and I want to open up that space for someone else to actually have that opportunity because right now it, you know, it's I'm taking it for granted and it's not the right thing um, essentially. It,
1: yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Mm. And that I think it is just the world we're living in and goes back to that point I made about um, social media because, you know, we're so used to – in our jobs, especially being bombarded by, you know, negativity, but also validation yes. a lot of the time as well. Yes. Um, and so it was hard to step away from Twitter in, in one regard because I thought, oh, but people send me such lovely messages on here about l- enjoying the work that I'm doing and will I miss not getting that?
0: Yeah. But and then, then it's that final, eh? It's yeah, the FOMO as I well. Really- what are you missing out on?
1: But then I realized if that's where I'm getting my my commentary about how well I'm doing in my job, then that's not necessarily the best place to be getting that from anyway. No. And so I feel really good about it.
0: Yeah, I was very, very conscious about that, um, stepping away from, from the radio job. And I was like, I felt kind of liberated, you know, when I kind of didn't have to – look on social media all the time and I kind of was literally just moved to the country in the middle of nowhere it was such a stark contrast from what I had been living but then it's funny it's crept back in again um since starting my own thing and I've almost started getting obsessed again going "Ah, has anyone like how many downloads have I got like how many comments have I got how many you know and I'm like hang on Polly did we not learn anything the first time so it's, it's
1: it's just it's so instinctive. I
0: know, like, and it's and it's habitual, and you have to call yourself out when you know that those damaging patterns are coming back in because they don't serve you. You and, and I think you have to create boundaries around whether it is social media use or, or checking up or whatever. You have to just set those limits, or else your brain just goes wild, and it goes and it's like I don't know an addiction yeah. wheel.
1: It's so addictive. Yeah. Um, and Ryan's really good at actually calling me up about it. I got in this spiral of looking online and reading comments on news articles. And last night I was lying in bed and Ryan was reading his book. And uh, Ryan said, what are you doing? Yeah. And I said, oh, I'm just online. And he said, what are you reading? And I said, I'm reading comments on a news article.
0: And And it makes you feel so shit. And you you just notice how much, like, because sometimes I'll find that, like, my mood will get triggered into, like, a, a really bad mood. And then I'll be like, hang on, I'll think back to what actually started that. And it's always when you start just feeding into that negative curiosity, eh? The negative curiosity is horrible.
1: Yeah. And it's so interesting because I always, I often do have to, I check myself and I go, well, I would never be someone that would go and comment on a stuff article on Facebook and my friends aren't those people either. So why do I actually care that, you know, Tanya from Te is commenting on this like Facebook post. It doesn't, doesn't affect me in any way. And it's not the kind of people that I need to necessarily worry about. 'Cause they're not my friends and family and stuff. You know, and, and chances
0: like, are if you called Tanya up and you hit her number, she'd be like, Oh hi hey, Mitty, I love totally. you. We exactly. Used to, Jace. we used to do that on the show. He, you know, there'd be Ooh. negative Oh, that's my dog. Um, there'd be negative feedback coming on the text and he goes, Fuck, screw this. I'm bloody calling him. And he'd be like, G'day, Kelvin speaking, and he's like, G'day, Kelvin, it's Jace here. And he goes, Oh, Jace, mate! I was just pulling your leg. Like, people don't Thing. It's so interesting. They it yeah. They, they don't mean it half the time. It's almost like projecting that real vitriolic stuff just makes them feel better about their own life.
1: Yeah, although um, did you watch Married at First Sight? Uh,
0: not the most recent one.
1: Okay, so I've never watched Married at First Sight, but I got addicted because I got COVID and was in lockdown <laughs> and we binge-watched it. Was
0: it the Australian one? Yes, the yeah.
1: Australian one. Um, and it was the one with the whole – Only fans, scandal. There was a nude photo? Yes, yeah.
0: Can you just recap? So what exactly
2: happened?
1: uh, One of the contestants, there were two contestants that were just constantly fighting and just did not like each other. And there was numerous incidents that happened. And then the biggest thing, the biggest thing to blow up was one of them had an OnlyFans account before they went on the show. And the other girl found her OnlyFans account and shared nude photos of her with the other contestants. Okay.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It turned into a big
1: thing. And all of a sudden I thought I, I was watching it and I got so excited angry at the girl that had shared the photos that all of a sudden I went, oh my God, I can see how people get to a point where they feel the need to comment or to message this person on their DMS (laughs) on social media. I mean, I never would and I never did, but it was just, I can understand I all of a sudden for the first time could it's understand empathy. How someone could get to that level mm. and it's yeah it's just it's this immediate response that you have and I guess because of the nature of phones and stuff it's so immediate yes. as well you know Yes
0: and people so don't realize the... the show
1: and you're going Oh, I'm so mad at (laughs) Olivia Oh, here's her Instagram account I can message her within literally 10 seconds And then you send it And then you've calmed down But by then it's too late You've sent the message But do you you think that was
0: also because you were in kind of an isolation? Like, does that kind of sum up How people can get in that position Because there's nothing going on in their lives Or there's no drama And so by weighing in on someone else's drama Or putting someone else down That gives them some sense of, you know um power or some meaning in their day
1: totally, plus, I think um people have this natural um distance between people that are on the TV or behind the mic on a on a radio show because you know they're only hearing them or seeing them through the TV, so mm. they feel that level of distance so it's not you don't it's almost like you're not talking to a real person
0: yes, yes. and I forget there's actually someone real on the other end. Yeah. Speaking of criticism, I've always wanted to ask you what it was like being on breakfast, which back in, like, I'd say back in the day, particularly, it probably had a more older conservative audience. Would I be right in saying that?
1: Yep, definitely. It still still does, just to a certain degree. Yeah.
0: And you, obviously, being a gay presenter, I'm trying to work out when did you come out in the scheme of everything? Did you not really address your sexuality until later on? I
1: came out to friends and family when I was about 20, 21. Yeah. And then I started working at TVNZ. And, it, you know, I wasn't a big name presenter or anything like that. So it wasn't anything I had to necessarily address. But because I was on breakfast back in the Paul Henry and Pippa Wetzel days, I yes. kind of became a bit of a personality within the show, mm. even though I was just a, you know, a junior reporter. So people didn't know who I was. And then it was about, I was about maybe 25, 26 and the marriage equality bill was going through parliament. Mm-hmm. And I made a submission um, in favor of it. Um, just wrote, you know, wrote a little submission that anyone's able to do with any, with any kind of bill through parliament and um, you click a box that says at the bottom, would you be open to oh. being contacted about your submission? And yes. I was like, yeah, fine, click the box, whatever. Yes,
0: oh, my God, I always wonder that when I sign petitions because they're like, do yeah. you want your name publicly like attached yeah. to this? I'm like, yeah, I whatever.
1: Sent <laughs> I sent it off and I didn't really think much of it. And then all of a sudden I got a call from someone within Parliament to say they have what they call select committees at Parliament where – They um, hear more evidence or submissions about a particular bill or topic. Yeah. And um, someone reached out to me and said, would you be interested in coming into parliament and reading your submission and answering some questions at the select committee process? And I really thought about it and I thought, actually, you know what? I feel really passionately about this and this is – Maybe one of those really key moments in your life where you feel like you get to have a say on something that, meaningful. that is really important and meaningful. And so I said yes. And so I went into Parliament and I read my submission. And the reporter, you know, the um, news uh, gallery at Parliament gets sent a list of speakers at any given select committee hearing and so obviously a reporter from the New Zealand Herald had seen my name on the list right and so came to our select committee hearing and ended up writing an article about my submission
0: yeah and
1: so that was that I mean it was never anything I'd
0: planned on
1: tried to hide mm. and of course all my friends and family and colleagues and stuff knew but it was definitely the first time I'd put it out there And
0: how did that feel? Did you feel vulnerable?
1: Very, but also liberating because, you know, I'd spent a long time in the closet and then I came out, but there was this still level of, um, you know, secrecy because I hadn't Mm. come out publicly. And honestly, I was, I, I have been and still to this day am blown away by just how, Tolerant people were. Um, I really not
0: that they should be tolerant. No, no, accepting, accepting, accepting. Yeah, and, um,
1: but you, you know, it's not necessarily not necessarily everyone is going to accept. Yeah, um, yeah. that side of you. But I have been uh, really pleasantly surprised at how amazing people have been and continue to be. Um, and. Um, When John Campbell left breakfast recently, he said to me, it's incredible, I remember the homosexual law reform because until 1986, homosexuality was illegal, illegal. That is so
0: recent, eh? I know. That
1: was the year I was born. Wow. Um, And he says, I remember that time and now I look at you on TV and you talk about your engagement to your partner Ryan and people really love and embrace that about you and have invited you into their homes and 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 it was a moment for me to go actually yeah we have really come a long way and it was a, a nice reminder because it's easy to kind of just get caught up in your day-to-day life yeah. but it was actually yeah a really nice reminder and, and and every now and then i'll have a moment where i wonder how people are going to react you know, if I'm going to like a farm or something like that, you know, I'm always like, oh, how's this?
0: Yeah. How's this
1: like middle aged?
0: Yes. Small rent? town. Small town. Not so used to it.
1: No. But honestly, I've never had an issue and I've found people really welcoming and accepting and lovely. Lovely. Yeah.
0: Oh, Maddie, that's amazing. Because I've never actually really. Talk to you about that. I've kind of always known you, and obviously I've always known you as gay. But then, no, like no, – no.
1: <laughs> hard to keep secrets, <laughs> no, like,
0: I never really talked to you about that actual process of, of the acknowledgement of it on air because, it, like, how did you find that afterwards? Did, did you, like, all of a sudden start, I don't know, showing other sides of you, or did you kind of just still keep pretty much Maddie, but it was like –
1: yeah, I think I'd never. I, I had never had any other um, way to be other than entirely myself. Yeah, but I don't know. That's a really good question. Maybe I. Maybe I was. Maybe I was more.
0: Like, open. did you feel like it was like you can be set free now even more so, or you were already pretty much wearing a heart yeah. on your sleeve anyway? I
1: mean, I, yeah, exactly. I've I've always been a. I've I've always just. Given,
0: given
1: myself. Yeah. Um, but it's it's a nice feeling to know that you don't have to hide any side of you, I guess. Mm.
0: And like think um, of people that don't get that response, which um, is common for a lot of people and, and they get pushed out of friendships, relationships, family. It's just so heartbreaking. I mean, obviously, hopefully not as much now, but –
1: I'm I'm constantly blown away though at how far we've come, and yeah. I'll give you a couple of examples of things that have happened recently that have reminded me of this. So, um, I was filling in on radio actually on ZDM on yeah, your own
0: you did a great film. job by the way. Oh, thank
1: you. I really loved it. Yeah. Um, and Clint and I, um, who host the drive show got yes. talking about oh it was just after I'd gotten engaged and I had my engagement ring and <laughs> yeah. I said I've never been more aware of my Thing my else. nails <laughs> and so I said I've never had a like a manicure before do I should I go and get a manicure so I've got pretty nails while I'm showing people my engagement ring? and so <laughs> we kind of turned it into a radio segment as you do yeah. and we both went and got our nails done and then I thought "God, I might, maybe I'll get them painted so I got this like blue color on my nails and it was this funny thing you know as open as and happy as i am in myself it was almost a little bit of maybe like internalized homophobia or something or fear of what people would think if they saw me saw me a man with my nails painted
0: yeah
1: but it was again this really liberating experience where i walked around and i actually really loved
0: (laughs) it was it good did you go shellac?
1: good yeah it was beautiful beautiful and i have had the most incredible messages from a couple of parents who have since said to me my boy has seen you on breakfast because we talked about it on radio we talked about it on breakfast yeah and my son has asked me if we can go and get his nails painted because he's seen you on breakfast with your nails painted and i just had this moment where i went, "Shit." you cannot you can't overlook the the power of um seeing people on on tv or hearing people on the radio or whatever seeing people in the media that kind of you know represent you yeah Um, And it was such a silly, simple thing, just getting my nails painted. But I just thought, if I've made one kid feel like they can be themselves or express themselves without any fear or reservation, then that's a really amazing thing to be able to do.
0: Yeah, and you should be so proud of like your beautiful vulnerability that you showed on TV over the years because I know that that can eat away at you and it actually is exhausting. Like I don't think people realise how much of you you put out there. Um, even oh. though you're covering the news, you're still putting your full-on personality out there every day and I think when you do see those anecdotes that come through from little kids, it's like, oh, this is why this is why you do it because you can actually make a difference yeah. from being yourself.
1: We had this beautiful guest, um, an international model who's non-binary.
0: Right. And, you know, for
1: a lot of people, it, me included, these are all kind of new things that we're we're understanding yeah. about um, gender, sexuality, all that kind of thing. And so it's a journey for a lot of people. Mm. And, and for a lot of people, it doesn't make sense to them necessarily. But I guess the biggest thing is just to be open to understanding it. Ask questions. Don't be afraid to to research these kinds of things and figure it out. But anyway, we had this um, uh, guest on who is a model and non-binary and they came on and were telling their story. And a lot of it was around, uh, you know, helping parents understand how to have these conversations with their kids. Mm. And literally just over the weekend, we got um, a message into our breakfast inbox from a mum who said, I cannot tell you how amazing this was. Um, I'm going to read it to you, actually. When this interview was airing, I was getting my daughter, eight, ready for school, doing her hair in front of the TV. She asked me what non-binary was and who Rain was. This was the guest we had on. I explained it as best I could with the little knowledge that I had at the time what non-binary was. My daughter sat for a moment and then turned to me and said, I feel like that before breaking down in tears from this moment. Our family's been on a journey of discovery and love embracing my daughter slash son as they work out where they sit on the gender spectrum. Wow. Had your interview not aired at that moment on that morning when we both just happened to be watching together. I don't know how much longer my child would have been sitting with these feelings, not knowing who they were or how to make sense of them.
2: Wow. Isn't that,
1: it honestly, it it almost reduced me to tears this morning because I just thought this is so beautiful for so many reasons. One, it reminded me of why I do the job that I do. Two, it just reminded me of how far we've come as a society. And three gave me real hope and optimism that there's parents out there that are not necessarily making sense of it, but are willing to learn and to help their kid just feel like they, they can belong. be themselves and they belong. Mm, mm. And isn't that the most beautiful thing? It just was so life affirming. It was incredible.
0: Oh Maddie, yeah. that's beautiful. <laughs> See, in the times of when it's really tough and you've had a tough week at work. Yeah. You know, it's so it's so important to remember them and I reckon like it's jot those down because I reckon you can forget them in the totally. And the grind and the slog of day in and day out, and you're like, well, Why am I doing this? I'm so tired. Yeah.
2: <laughs> like, and I did. I
1: immediately sent that message to our entire breakfast team and wow. I said, This is why we do what we do. Yeah. And it was just such a such a good reset and a reminder.
0: Are you I'm gonna I'm gonna take it up and notch real quick, but have you got any plans to go overseas anytime soon?
1: I, we have a trip booked in September for a wedding for some really good friends of ours who live in Australia.
0: Nice.
1: Um, and it's one of these COVID weddings that's so been postponed and rearranged about three or four times. Mm-hmm. But finally, touch wood, I Yay! feel like we say with confidence that it's going to happen. And my brother and sister both live in Australia now, and so it'll be a beautiful trip over there for a wedding and family time and just some fun, yeah.
0: Doesn't it fun. just make you realize how much we took it for granted, like? crazy oh crazy Are you going to yeah. go all out business class?
1: <laughs> I think I might have to. Like.
0: <laughs> well, it's just like you don't know when you're going to travel again. You got to you got to love it up. You got to go bougie. I
1: know. I mean, it's like a 3-hour flight so that would be so expensive <laughs> and so wasted. So unnecessary. <laughs> eh? Yeah, you'd get the lie-down seats and you wouldn't even sleep, but yeah. I don't know, but I'm so excited. It's gonna be weird though, international travel.
0: Yeah, I know. I but- it's
1: scary for you traveling to and from with no one at airports and
0: stuff. Yeah, it was so weird. Yeah, I was right there, like after quarantine had started, and um, it was like something out of a movie. Eh? it was. And then like you've got army dudes patrolling. You look outside the window and oh. they're just walking around. Like it was very surreal. And you get like a thirty minute window to exercise. Um, yeah, it was, it was pretty crazy. Like what a crazy time that we've been alive in it.
1: I know. I can't believe it. And it's been a long time as well.
0: Hopefully, finally, we're seeing some light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to jinx it. I don't want to jinx it. But it just shows you've got to live life, right? Like you've just got to live it now. You don't know what's going to happen. Are you there? Yes. Oh. Sorry. I was just,
2: I'm
1: sorry. <laughs> You're
0: falling asleep. I was like, oh my God, he's finally fallen asleep. No, I'm, I was I'm rambling. Sorry. No, I was gripped. No, I was gripped because, yes, PG, yes, live life. I joy, thought yes. finally the bricky house had kicked in and your eyes were awake, but you'd fallen asleep. <laughs> I was like, oh fuck, I've rambled too long. it's Decide. Decide.
1: No, I was just right there with you. And it's so true. Mm. Yeah. Embrace the moment, grab it, do the things that you need to do while you can. If you can
0: go business, yeah. go business. Although. <laughs> Actually, inflation is really painful, so I totally understand <laughs> oh, <laughs> you don't want to go to business.
1: Yeah, but, yeah. Well, I, I'll go to fill up my car at the petrol station and be and like, oh, off, like, maybe, I, <laughs> yeah, maybe I shouldn't.
0: <laughs> Mitty, thank you so much for joining me today. I know this is like an hour out of your precious afternoon time where you could no, be napping or planning your wedding it. or not planning I, your wedding. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I
1: love it. It's been so nice and so nice to catch up with you. And I'm so proud of you. I'm really, really proud of you.
0: Oh, stop it. Stop it. We meant to finish on you, not me. <laughs> but thank you so much for joining me. You're always just so, so lovely to talk to, such a beautiful human. And um, good luck with everything. Like I know you're in a new kind of challenging role where you have to be more serious, but I think you're doing an amazing job. Thank you so much. It's been so fun. <laughs> told you. I was giddy. I was like a little kid. He couldn't get a bloody word in. Uh, Matty McLean there is my fifth guest on the podcast. And if you want to catch up with him online and see uh, for yourself firsthand some of his incredible dancing throughout the lockdown, which got a lot of attention, uh, you can follow him on Instagram, McLean NZ. Hope you enjoyed the episode. I'd love to know your feedback. And don't forget um, to subscribe to the PJ Podcast if you haven't done so already. Wherever you listen to your podcast, chuck a little review on there. And
2: I'll see you next week. Target.